Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. Our gospel lesson for today comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. May God bless our reading of the Holy Scriptures. Amen. God, as we enter into this time of teaching, may we hear your words and not mine. Amen. At the time of Jesus' life and ministry, this was what the Roman coins looked like. In the kingdom where, where um, Jesus lived, the kingdom of Rome, not, not the kingdom of God, there was this coin, and on one side it had a picture of the emperor, and on the other side it had a picture of the emperor as well as um, who they believed to be the goddess of the harvest. But I want to draw your attention to the words written around on that back side of the coin where it says, Anona Augusti Ceres. And what that means is the emperor's provides the provisions of the emperor and it was to remind the people every time they spent a coin anytime they went out and bought something for themselves that their provider was the emperor and our story for today is the feeding of the 5,000 in the wilderness and I think that picture is beautiful but I want to back up just a bit because at the beginning of our passage it says now when Jesus heard this what has Jesus just heard? Well, he's heard about the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. And I try not to get distracted by the fact that John the Baptist looks so much like uh, Jerry Seinfeld there. But that is neither here nor there. Um, I just want to know if you saw it, I saw it too. Um, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, and their first meeting we hear about in the womb. When Mary goes and visits with Elizabeth, and they are both expecting children John leaps within Elizabeth's womb because he knows that he is near the Messiah, even from infancy. So I want us to remember that when John the Baptist died, he was not just someone who had been ministering afar from Jesus, but he was someone Jesus grew up with, his family, his friend, the one who has been preparing the way for Christ in ministry, and now he is dead. And the way in which he passed was um, he had been arrested by Herod. And Herod throws a dinner party. And at this dinner party, he has his brother's wife's daughter, if you can try to keep up with me, come and dance for all those that are attending the banquet. Herod is showing off his riches, his food, his banquet hall, his um, harem. 
and she dances, and he is so pleased, and everyone is so impressed that he says, ask me for anything in the kingdom, and I will give it to you. So he has set himself up here. And because John the Baptist had been preaching against this particular situation where Herod had taken to be his wife, his brother's wife, um, the daughter and her mom are angry at John the Baptist. So she asks for John the Baptist to be executed, for his head to be brought up on a platter. And Herod regrets ever making that offer. He didn't think that John the Baptist deserved that, and that wasn't what he meant, but now he's caught. Because if he backs down, he's going to be ashamed in front of all of the people at his party. So he has John the Baptist executed, and Jesus has heard about it. It says he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. He needed some time and some space to grieve this loss. He is worn down. He needs to process. So he goes into a deserted place, but it doesn't stay deserted for long, does it? The people follow him. The people follow him out into the wilderness. Now, some of us are a little bit more wilderness uh, bent than others. We like camping and hiking and backpacking, and then others will, um, or might even try glamping a little bit, and that's as far as you're willing to go. So I wonder for us today, what would it take for us to follow a man out into the wilderness with no plan, no food, no provisions? What made these people, these 5,000 plus people, follow Jesus into the wilderness? Perhaps it was desperation. Their provider, Herod, was not providing for them. They were desperate for healing. We know that Jesus had compassion on them and he healed them. Maybe it was hope. Maybe they saw hope when they looked at Christ. They knew that their Savior was coming and they'd heard that it would be him, even from the mouth of John the Baptist when he was preaching, that it would be him. Whatever was driving them, they followed Christ out into the wilderness. And Jesus didn't say, go away, I need a moment. He welcomed them in. It says he had compassion on them. The Greek word is my favorite, it's splachnizomai. It says he felt it in his innermost being. He felt it in his guts is what that literally means. He had compassion on them because they were in need of healing. They were in need of something more than physical food and water. They needed what he had to offer so he begins his healings. This happens multiple times throughout Matthew where you see Jesus having compassion on the people. So I asked, I like to, I don't know about y'all, but I do like to go into the AI and ask it questions and ask it to, to give me pictures of something. So I, I went into the Bing chat bot and I said, I need a picture of 5,000 people. And this is what it gave me. So I want us to imagine that crowd. I mean, we, we could stand shoulder to shoulder in this room and still not fit 5,000 people in here, I don't think. So this is an image of, of who Jesus was speaking to and the crowds that he was healing, and it's just completely overwhelming, isn't it? He didn't have a sound system. He didn't have good acoustics. He was out in the wilderness, and he was teaching, and he was healing, and they began to get hungry and restless, and the disciples had an idea. They said things could take a turn when people start getting hangry. Things could take a turn. Let's send them home. Let's send them out in the villages to find some food. And that makes sense. I have to say, I would probably have agreed with them if I was there. I might have even said, Jesus, you know they're only here. And I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, but I like to put myself into the story and say, what would I have done? What would have been my response? And to be honest, I think it's very possible that I would have said, Jesus, they're only here to get what they can from you. They're not interested in your kingdom talk. They just want what you can give them. Let's send them home to find some food. I feel like I'm probably not alone in uh, 
in that confession. But Jesus doesn't send them away, does he? And he doesn't say, like he said to Satan when he was in the temptation, man does not live by bread alone, because Jesus knows that our physical bodies are important. God created them to get hungry. So he turns to the disciples and he says, you give them something to eat. You do something. But they don't know what to do. They don't have any food to give. They have five loaves and some fish. And so Jesus does what only Jesus can do. And when we find ourselves at the end of our rope, at the end of our ability to do what we can do, I pray that we will turn to Christ with faith and knowledge, not to send those away that are asking, not to turn away ourselves, but to say, Jesus, we believe that you are our provider. So Jesus raises the loaves up and he prays and he does a miracle. And then he uses the disciples to go out and to serve and to distribute what the kingdom of God has to offer in that moment, which is real bread and real fish. Now Jesus left Rome and he went into the wilderness. He left the place of Herod and the emperor and he went out and the people followed him there. At the end of what the emperor could provide, under the oppression that the emperor provided, Jesus provided something that is so much more. Here again, we find Jesus is the great interrupter of our idea of how things work, of our idea of what a powerful kingdom can be. At the beginning of the chapter, we have Herod, we have his banquet, we have his pride, and it ends in death, and it ends in shame, and it ends in grief. In Jesus' banquet, all are fed. All are invited, none are turned away, and many are healed and reminded of who our great provider is. I don't know about y'all, but I would much rather be at Jesus' banquet than at the banquet of the emperor. If you look at the front of your bulletin, you see the, the photo of the fish and the loaves, and the early symbol of Christianity was a fish. You see that all over ancient um, walls and manuscripts because this miracle, this miracle of the loaves and the fishes is a great example of the kingdom of God and of what Christ can do and of Christ as our provider. And as we move into our time of communion, may we remember that yes, Christ is the provider of all, all of our good things and our gifts that we experience, but most importantly, it is God's grace and mercy that is offered freely to us that we can receive, that we can be filled up with and go out and offer that compassion of Christ to others. Let's pray. Jesus, we often find ourselves uh, skimping and having a scarcity mindset, sending others away to be provided for when you have invited us to be the ones. Jesus, please remind us that you are our provider. May we be filled with your compassion, and may it spill out into others. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparagold.org. May God bless you this week.